0: Next on BYU Sports Nation, the spring scrimmage is tomorrow. What are you watching and what will Monday's headline be? Is it realistic to expect a 10 win season in the near future for Cougar football? We'll discuss. You know my answer. And baseball delivers the top 10 play on Sports Center, and men's volleyball locks up to one seed. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by The BYU
1: Store, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio.
0: Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. What is up? It is Friday, April 6th. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play at Studio B presented by the BYU Store. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Shout-out to Fayette New York on this day. I'm Jerem Jordan. The Linton family might have a baby today. First girl. Uh, Good luck to Brittany. I guess Spencer as well. You guess? I guess. He doesn't have to do much. So i am teamed up with hospital delivery reporter Jason Shepard. Look, today's society is all about
1: people wanting more access. Why don't we just see if, if Spencer wants to like no, no. go live from the hospital?
0: No, no. Not going to happen? No, we're not doing that. We, we, uh, we do have okay. something else in, in store. I was supposed to throw out the first pitch at uh, BYU baseball Wait. game Saturday. Oh.
1: What? I thought you were supposed like you're not doing it now.
0: Well I'm doing I shouldn't it by myself. I shouldn't have been erupted. That's okay. Uh, I'm doing it by myself today. So uh, proxy Spencer won't be there. I wish we had like a little robot or something that I could throw for him, but Maybe I'll throw two. I'll just have two in my hand.
1: It's a doubleheader. Why not throw two in honor of the doubleheader? Maybe
0: I'll do that. And, uh, yeah, my number one goal is to uh, not talk about the first pitch the rest of the show at this point. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. All right, a buzzword associated with the aims and desires of BYU football over the years, and namely in independence, is the word relevance. Everyone wants to be relevant. To me the only real quantifiable way is to be ranked in the top 25 in college football, okay? Especially as an independent. That's quantifiably relevant. Your highlights get on Sports Center, the ranking shows up, you're on the bottom line, people are talking about you when you're ranked. To do that, almost always that has to mean 10 or more wins for BYU football, okay? Jason, is 10 wins realistic in the near future of BYU football? This is a really
1: difficult question for me to answer. That's what we're asking. I know. I don't know if it's realistic. And let me tell you why. It's realistic to want... 10 wins. But oh, I don't want
0: I don't want 10 wins. I I want 13 wins.
1: Okay, but that's that's fine. But here, we don't know who BYU's quarterback is going to be this year, let alone what this team is going to look like in 2 or 3 years. And yes, you can go down the schedule and play the win-loss game. Okay, well, that should be a win, but we don't know what the opposite – And we talk about this all the time. We don't know that what may look like a really good game now may not necessarily be a really good game in 2 or 3 years sure. because the team isn't what it is now, and vice versa. Right. So a team that maybe you didn't expect to be good turns out to be really good. It's so hard to be able to play the win-loss game in two or three years. Yes, it's you want 10 wins, but I, I just don't know if it's realistic to expect. Not that it's not possible, but with so many variables on the table, I don't know if it's realistic to expect 10 wins in the near future, because you just don't know what that team and the team you're going to face is going to look like.
0: Well, then let's discuss what we know. We know that BYU wins 40% of its games against Power Fives historically. Like all time, under Lavelle, Mountain West, Indy Days, that much is consistent. There's a 5% variable, according to our homies at Cougar Stats, between uh, you know, all the different variations of playing Power Fives in different uh, eras. So let's look at the schedule and just evaluate how many power fives there have been. And I've said, hey, I want one to two fewer power fives on each schedule. I I want three or four total, okay? So power fives the next couple years. 2018, this year, five power fives, four on the road, plus Boise State, okay? So if you play the 40% thing, and the hope is that you play the 60% thing, you go three and two, you're signing up for a couple losses. Two and three, maybe, you hope, three and two. 2019, four power fives, three at home, plus Boise State. Two and two, probably, you're hoping, 50%. 2020, five power fives, four in a row, four on the road. Oh, man, if you go two and three, I think that's good. 2021, seven power fives, three and four. He's signing up for three or four losses. There are too many power fives on the schedule. People keep screaming at me on Twitter. We'll play big boy football. Why don't you? I want to win. I want to have a good record. I don't want to go seven and five. I don't want to go eight and four. I want to get to 10 wins, so BYU's great stories, great athletes can can be... Like, in the 80s, had BYU loaded up the schedule and was 8-5, and five. it's not QBU. There aren't these first-round draft picks. BYU doesn't win a national title. It's It's different. BYU was built on winning the games in front of it that were realistically good and got to 10-plus wins often. With these schedules, I don't see a 10-win season realistically, we could be surprised in one. That would be great. But I just think it's too stacked. There's too much weight on the bar. Yeah, the the schedule
1: and the number of P5s as you went over as this progresses over the next couple of years makes it seem very difficult to reach the 10-win plateau.
0: If this is fifth gear, just gear down to 3.5. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying go to one. I'm just saying gear down just a touch.
1: Tomorrow marks the final practice of BYU football spring scrimmage with a new offensive coordinator, new offense, and a race for the starting quarterback spot. Lots on the table tomorrow in the scrimmage. Jerem, what are you watching for
0: in tomorrow's spring scrimmage for the Cougars? Yeah, what who is the QB? Who shows out? Okay. What will the BYU offense show tomorrow, by the way? Who are some of the playmakers? Remember last year, this is where Matt Bushman really shined we thought, oh, Matt Bush, we named him the spring camp MVP and the spring game MVP. Is a guy like Zach Katoa going to make uh, his name in the public scrimmage tomorrow? Will Zach Wilson, will the Zacks <laughs> take the headlines You know, in, in this one? I'm interested to see those guys in particular.
1: I, I'm with you 100% on Zach Katoa. I want to see Zach Katoa. Over an extended period of time. We, we By the time we get into watch practice, they're kind of uh, wrapping things up. So you may, you know, you maybe get 20 minutes. I want to see what they can do with Zach Katoa for, you know, over several series. I, I have very high hopes for what Zach Katoa can do. And that comes from hearing people talk about his potential. But yeah, I, I'm also very interested to see who actually takes part. In the scrimmage, as we've talked about, BYU's dealing with a lot of injuries, and they are not going to risk further injury to certain guys that just don't need to be out there. So that's also something I'm paying attention to: is is who's out there, who's participating, and just kind of give us a little more of a glimpse as to what this offense looks like.
0: To a great degree, it's Lavelle's vanilla flavoring, right? Like BYU has a new offense; they don't want to show uh, any opponents really what could be this offense, so that it's kind of a surprise. Uh, you know, when, when BYU is in Tucson in early September against Arizona. Countdown? No. I, don't, I hope we don't have that ready. I don't know. We'll see. But the spring scrimmage tomorrow, you can uh, listen to it on BYU Radio. Jason Shepard helping host uh, pregame coverage and sidelining. Yes. we on the radio. Coverage begins at what? Noon Eastern, right?
1: Uh, noon Eastern time. Yeah, we will have an hour pregame before the scrimmage starts.
0: Awesome. There's only one thing that could pull Greg Rubel out of vacation. And it's the spring scrimmage. That's
1: right. He was at Disneyland. He's Dis- he got a
0: churro last night. Right? Yeah, I know.
1: He was He was uh, somewhat taunting me because he knows how much I love Disney and maybe, churros. Maybe
0: he'll bring back one for you. Ooh, That'd that probably won't be stale. Super cool. In Brazil, by the way, on my LDS mission trip, they would stuff the churro with uh, dulce de leche. Oh. So good. I I almost can't eat one now because I'm like, oh, it's not even close to as good. Well, see,
1: now they've got them where they kind of look like the Princess Leia, like the the buns that she, you know, like. Yes. But now they, it's it's a two wrapped churros, and then they use that as <laughs> uh, like an ice
0: cream sandwich. The control room's like, please advance this conversation. Let's get out of here. <laughs> what? There's always a narrative, a storyline, a summary out of spring uh, football and the scrimmage. Right? We hope there's greatness in whatever form tomorrow. Okay, we'll see. Jason, what will? Monday's headline be from the spring scrimmage? I think it will be all about the offense. I want to hear the headline. You want to hear the actual yeah, headline? The actual headline.
1: Uh, the offense came to pass on Saturday. <laughs> okay, Lee Benson. <laughs> Those one of my favorite books growing up, man. Yeah, but. And they came to pass. And the, yeah. But see, I, I, ch- I changed it a little bit. Yeah. The offense came to well pass done. Well on done. Saturday. Yep. Yeah, I, I think. Uh, and it's not because the defense doesn't deserve as much attention. Uh, there's just the newness of the offense. And, that's, oh, and it's
0: BYU. People love yeah, offense it, more than defense. Well,
1: and it's not just BYU. Everybody just gravitates towards offense. It's well,
0: especially BYU. Especially BYU,
1: yes. BYU, baby. But I, I think that's what it, most of the headlines will be. How do the quarterbacks look? You know, what
0: does the offense look like? I, I think that's what the majority of the headlines will be about. Amen to that. Cougars wrap up spring ball with the offensive explosion. The last game or scrimmage in that stadium, UMass. November 18th, a 16-10 to loss. BYU adds a touchdown late. It was 16-3 to like the whole game. The Cougars need a great offensive showing to help heal some kind of wounds from that. Because it was like, ugh, that was the last taste at home. That was terrible. That was awful. So BYU needs some good offense tomorrow. If BYU's offense doesn't shine tomorrow, I think that's an issue. I really do. You have a new offensive coordinator, new offense. You're looking at new quarterbacks. I know BYU wants to keep it kind of vanilla and whatnot, but the offense needs to have a good day. How about this one? In anticipation
1: of Bo Hodge having a very good. This is a long headline. No, this is not the headline. I'm just setting up the headline. (laughs) In anticipation of Bo Hodge having a very good offensive performance. Yes. How about this one? Going old school for uh, for those that know this. Mm. Bo knows this Cougar offense. But it's B-E-A-U. Don't you ruin things with the details. The French. Okay. Don't.
0: Don't, don't let details get in the Do way of Do not let a good the details story. get
1: in the way of a good a headline. Facts. Okay? Yeah. The past two seasons, the men's volleyball team has won the MPSF and been to the national championship game. Unfortunately, losing twice to Ohio State. <sighs> yeah, I know. This season, the Cougars are the number one seed in the MPSF tournament after last night's sweep at Pepperdine. Congratulations. Jerem, is it win
0: the national title or bust for BYU volleyball? It is. It is! Okay, let me give you one reason why this is the case. On this desk, we have the MPSF Tournament Championship Trophy from 2016. The team wants to win the regular season outright like they just did, and that was a big win last night, 11 aces, awesome at Pepperdine. The goal is to win the tournament, but it's just a means to an end to get into the NCAA Tournament. BYU men's volleyball is so good that if they don't win the national championship, they are disappointed. Like, there is no higher standard of any team on campus at BYU more than men's volleyball. So, yes, it is national championship or bust. Long Beach State is undefeated. They look like the clear number one. Can BYU at least get to May 5th and play them in the title game? Look,
1: I totally understand the attitude that the team is taking, that, it, that it's – we've got to win a national championship. We've been there. It hasn't happened the last two seasons. That this, this is the goal. I totally understand that. And that's the attitude they should have. But I am not going to get down on a team that goes potentially to the oh, national championship. I'm not getting down on them. Th- I understand that. But what I'm yeah. saying is if that's the way this plays out, and hopefully they can win it all, I, I'm not going to be disappointed in a team that goes to the national championship three years in a row. Just I'm not.
0: I do want to win it. And yes, of having course. been in the locker room last year after that one, those, those guys aren't going to be like, sweet, we took six. Four of the last five years, they've either, either been in the title game or in the semis. And so the standard is really high. Look, the
1: team. Buffalo Bills. If they
0: cared about the tournament <laughs> title, they would have taken this trophy Look, back. Look, the Buffalo Bills
1: certainly <laughs> are upset they didn't win any of those four. Right. But you're not taking away the fact that they went to four straight Super Bowls.
0: They made a 30 for 30 on it, man. It's a great 30 for 30, by the way. They all are. Yes. Going into last night's series, Lidlifter with game one against Santa Clara. BYU head coach Mike Littlewood told you, Jason, earlier in the week, this is a must-sweep series. Then the Cougars won dramatically in the bottom of the ninth on an error from Broncos second baseman Austin Reyes' BYU won 2 one Jason, did last night's win alleviate any pressure to sweep against Santa Clara?
1: I think it absolutely did. I mean, anytime you're talking about going into a series and it's a must-sweep, and Coach Littlewood even said this, he realizes the pressure that by him saying that, that puts on the team, but he was very quick to say, it really starts, though, with you can't sweep until you win Thursday night, and they did that. Winning that game, and I could see it in the faces of the players, there was a sense of not not just excitement because of the way it ended, but excitement and relief that they were able to kind of grind that out and make the necessary plays and just keep putting pressure on, that that was one of those where it it was a sense of relief. Like, we we did this. I I really believe that winning a game like that can propel a team. I I think that was an important win, and I absolutely think it alleviates some of that pressure.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, they were being no hit, five and two-thirds. They got an incredible performance from – Jordan Wood, an ultra-quality start. Eight innings pitched, no one runs. Are you kidding me? You have to win that game. Uh, and it was a, a pitcher's duel for a long time, and BYU gets an error to win. Yep. So, yes, but still got to win today, and they're playing two today.
1: Yeah, hopefully with the weather.
0: Yeah, that's it's right, hopefully. Really, it's really bad. Hopefully, side. I throw out the first pitch, and that's we'll, and they play as well. Mm, maybe that will. Maybe I throw out the first pitch, and they're like, that was so bad, we have to cancel these two. <laughs> well...
1: It's possible. (laughs) This season, we've seen marked improvement from the BYU gymnastics team. That's for sure. Guard Young's team has put up scores at home and on the road that really haven't been this high in years. Now the Cougars are in the regionals. They will be at Utah tomorrow with the top two teams advancing. Jerem, will gymnastics advance to nationals?
0: I think they've got a really good shot. They're ranked 21. They need to beat number 9 Cal. Uh, who BYU already defeated this year. Number six, Auburn, Stanford, and Southern Utah. I didn't mention Utah because BYU's not going to beat Utah at Utah. The Red Rocks are legit. They will advance. It's They're good enough no matter where they play. So, yes, I think they've got a good shot. Yeah, I think they absolutely
1: have a good shot. I mean, the way that this team and this program has been performing this season is fantastic, and we're talking about just elevating uh, – all of, the, of their performances this year, I, I like their chances. The fact that they're close to home, I think, helps, even though it is at Utah. I think the fact that they're close to home is, is very positive for them, and they're going in feeling pretty good about their chances.
0: Yeah, it's up the road. It's in a place they've competed. They've yep. competed against Utah and Cal already this year, of course, Southern Utah. So, yeah, good luck to uh, the Gymcats or the gym Rats <laughs> tomorrow in the uh, NCAA Regionals. Our question of the day, is it realistic to expect a 10-win season in the near future for BYU football. Why or why not? Uh, use the hashtag BYUS on, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. At b Blue Cook. I don't know if I would expect it, but I do see it within the realm of possibilities. Is it probable? Recent experience says no. Is it attainable? Absolutely. Talent and opportunities say it is. If we play worthy of it, only time will show. Hashtag is it September yet?
1: That is a very reasonable and well thought out take. And it's almost exactly what I said. No. He may have actually <laughs> just said it, it a lot better than I did. <laughs> Coming up, a double dose of BYU Sports Nation karma yesterday. How did both Brennan Anderson and Taylor Cole benefit?
0: Sports Center Top 10 will show you that play that made it number four. But first, how did Gonzaga staying in the West Coast Conference help BYU football? Nick Brongberg from Yahoo Sports Explains. This is BYU Sports Nation.
1: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU baseball playing a doubleheader today against Santa Clara. The Cougars took Game 1 last night. First game today gets underway at 4
0: Eastern time. Both games can be heard on BYU Radio. And as we mentioned yesterday, it's a must-sweep series. BYU got Game 1. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag hashtag. B-Y-U-S-N on Instagram and Twitter. Question of the day, is it realistic to expect a 10-win season in the near future for BYU football? Why or why not? At the homes, Not this year, but a season or two with a healthy, productive quarterback and some veterans on defense does wonders for momentum and recruiting going forward. This year equals no future years, possibly. Now, I don't doubt that BYU could do this at some point. I just say, on the surface, when I look at a schedule, does it lend itself possibly to 10 wins? The more power fives, the more likely you stack up a few losses. The more power fives on the road, the more likely you have losses as well in that regard. I'm not afraid of playing a quality schedule. What I'm afraid is playing too hard of a schedule, where now 7 to 8 wins is the norm. When you want to be in the 9, 10-ish range, to be relevant. Like, if you want to be irrelevant, play too hard of a schedule to where you never win 10 games. I feel like to some degree, BYU is doing that. And BYU has a lot of positive program pride. It has a national championship. It has a Heisman Trophy winner. It has all these amazing quarterbacks and tight ends and a Doak Walker Award winner. And at the forefront of the other guys in college football history, in 84 with a national championship, in 96... With the Alliance Bowls, with one going 12-0 and not being invited. I understand the history. Trust me. What I want is for BYU to be relevant. And relevance equals getting ranked. And if the schedule's too tough, you don't get ranked. That's where I'm coming from. My, now I'm off the soapbox.
1: My, my whole point was <laughs> it's very difficult to be able to predict that because we don't know what it is. In terms of what the team will look like, the opposition, how good they are. These
0: schedules are tougher than any yes. BYU's ever played. So yes. why wouldn't it yield more losses? But I, but we, I, we know that. Yes, we I understand where
1: that. you're coming from and agree with you that with the number of P5s and BYU's history to this point in those games, 10 wins does look difficult. I, you, I, you need better players and better coaching. But yes. it's not impossible to think that BYU can get to 10 wins.
0: Right, but it doesn't happen suddenly. Like, BYU right. is what it is uh, over time. Uh, last week, Gonzaga, or earlier this week, Gonzaga confirmed they're staying in the West Coast Conference, uh, and, and this has an impact on BYU. An article was written uh, in Yahoo Sports, the Doctor Saturday uh, college football blog, and Nick Bromberg, the author of that article discussing the impact on BYU, now joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Nick, thanks for joining the program.
2: Hey, what's up? How's it going?
0: We are partying in Provo, as uh, as is the case. That's not a phrase often uh, mentioned, but here we are. So, Gonzaga stays in the league, and you talked about the impact this has on BYU, not just BYU basketball, but BYU football. So, in a nutshell, what what is the impact of Gonzaga staying in the West Coast Conference?
2: You know, you look at this, and it, it buys you more time. I think, you know, you look at this, if Gonzaga had said, hey, we're going to the MWC, and quite frankly, I don't think anybody could have blamed Gonzaga if they would have said, hey, sorry, West Coast Conference, peeps out, we're going, to, we're going to the bigger and greener pastures uh, moving a little east. Uh, but And if that happened, BYU has to sit there and say now, all right, what is our future? We have to make a decision quickly because we cannot afford to wait and see with the West Coast conference now that Gonzaga's bolting because BYU suddenly becomes especially in basketball and other sports they're the you know the biggest fish in a very small pond now you can sit there and say all right we have Gonzaga the men's basketball relevance can still is much higher than it would be without Gonzaga as far as the league and you know in terms of being an independent in football you look at this you still have 2 years to go on that ESPN deal which coincidentally which lines up very nicely same amount of time left on the MWC's TV deal, so you look at this and say, "Okay, we can see how 2018 plays out and see what ESPN wants to do." Because I think another X factor here, and I really didn't pro- talk talk about that in my column, but I think another X factor here is really this ESPN Plus that they're launching next month, where five bucks a month, so sixty bucks a year. The Ivy League's going to be on ESPN Plus. The Sun Sunbelt's going to be have a bunch of stuff on ESPN Plus. How does this streaming service take shape? What does the revenue that it generates for ESPN look like, say, in a year? And is that an attractive alternative for BYU? I'm not saying, you know, with current home game contract that they have, that every BYU game would be on ESPN+, Plus, but would it be a financial boon for the school, if it wants to stay independent, to maybe put one or two games on ESPN+, Plus if ESPN would give BYU more money for that?
1: Nick, a lot of people they never believed BYU was ever going to the Mountain West Conference because they never thought Gonzaga was going to the Mountain West Conference. Did, do you believe that there was really a high probability that Gonzaga was leaving the WCC, or was it all a power play to get what they wanted to stay?
2: I think that there was a chance, but at the same time, you see what Gonzaga got from the West Coast Conference, and you know, with the basketball scheduling part especially, and I think that plays to BYU's hands and also to St. Mary's hands as well is that you know you have the opportunity now to get a potentially if St. Mary's doesn't have has a stronger RPI a stronger strength of schedule they're in the tournament this year you know no doubt about it and so you look at this this potentially could make the WCC or a two or three bid league but you're right you know usually in these situations you do see especially when you're jumping a perfect example would be Wichita State. You know, they could have gotten some concessions from the Missouri Valley, but they just chose to leave for the American. I kinda looked at Gonzaga as a very similar case study. So honestly, I was a little bit surprised that Gonzaga said, Hey, you know, we're good, but then when it, when you saw the changes that came out for Gonzaga with the West Coast Conference, it totally makes sense why I decided to stay.
0: And Wichita State moves, and Loyola Chicago jumps in that spot and goes to the Final Four. It's funny how this all is connected. Nick Bromberg, editor of Yahoo Sports, Dr. Saturday College Football blog, is on BYU Sports Nation. You mentioned in your article the BYU football contract with the ESPN puts the Cougars in a pretty envious position. Uh, what makes it envious to you? Well, because
3: you
2: have the ESPN contract. I think the simple existence of the ESPN contract and the relationship, you know, not many teams have that. I mean, Notre Dame has the NBC contract, and then you would put BYU, I think, as the clear number two when it comes to independence. And I realize that's another shallow pool because there's not that many independent teams in college football. But you're in a position here where, you know, BYU is not... What's us perfect example would be New Mexico State. Sunbelt says, hey, you know, we're done with you guys. That Idaho and New Mexico State are out of the Sunbelt as of this year. Mexico State has nothing to fall back on. And so, you know, they're trying to schedule games as an independent with no TV contract, work their own deals. You know, that's a mad, mad scramble where BYU scramble is really only on the schedule side of things to try to line up games as an independent. That being said, that ESPN contract is only envious the product on the field improves. I know you all are very familiar with that. You know, independence and continued relevance in college football, you you have to be good. You can't have what happened in 2017 happen in 2018, and especially in 2019 if there's no extension signed with ESPN and the decision is to stay independent because ultimately ESPN needs people watching those games and, you know, the bandwagon fan theory. BYU's good. More people are going to watch the football games.
0: Absolutely, and BYU fans uh, would like to think that last year was an anomaly, not the uh, regularity, but the an exception. And we talked about earlier in the show about relevance. Like, how does BYU be relevant? And and typically, uh, you know, winning a conference championship helps within a conference with relevance, but national relevance being on ESPN certainly helps. To me, Nick, BYU's got to be a top twenty-five team at some point to quantifiably be relevant. Do you feel like the Cougars have to validate themselves in a way in independence by getting ranked uh, you know, at the end of a season, winning 10 games, doing something more significant than, say, an eight-win season?
2: I, I do, and I think it also goes back to kind of a domino theory. Of, you know BYU was grandfathered in into these Power Five contracts, these Power Five conferences, who started mandating um, scheduling criteria for um, their out-of-conference schedule, saying, hey, you know, you need to schedule at least one Power 5 school. And it helps the BYU, for its sake, was grandfathered in because it makes it, on their side, easier to schedule those games. And that's good, but that's also bad because then you are inherently having a tougher schedule, and so you, that 10-win threshold is a little harder to achieve. That said, I do think, think you have to look at nine, 10 wins. I think... Maybe it's a little bit of a blessing and a curse is that you want to be at that 9 10 win threshold for relevance, but at the same time, I do wonder if you have to look at this and step back a little bit and say, you know, did Bronco, is the standard that Bronco Mendenhall's team set at BYU, is that going to be a regularity or is that something that, you know, you can sit here and play at 2018 doesn't go well? Uh, You sit there and go, maybe. What Bronco did at BYU was actually he overachieved a little bit rather than what we should be doing year after year after year.
1: Okay, so with that said then, Nick, from your standpoint, what do you make of BYU's scheduling philosophy?
2: I think they're doing what they have to do. You know, as an independent, it, I have no problem with it, but at the same time, you know, I do wonder, and this goes back again to winning 8, nine, ten games, I only think independence at least from my perspective, in the middle of the country, someone who sees BYU because of the ESPN contract but does not have geographical ties to the school, uh, you know, from this standpoint, you have to wonder, okay, if five and six wins potentially is the norm, or that's the floor anyway, we'd look at 2017's an aberration, but the ceiling is not eight or nine or 10 and you're not hitting that ceiling every year, how relevant are you as an independent? You know, do you, is it better to have the creature comforts of the Mountain West Conference in football, because you have a schedule that's set every year. Can you could you potentially figure out a way to have a TV deal similar to Texas in the Big Twelve, where one school gets a larger portion of the revenue? Because Boise State's already getting that in the Mountain West, and you have that you have that security of a conference schedule, and you can potentially contend for that Group of Five spot in the New Year's Bowls every single year. I think it's a little bit of a double edged sword, and it depends again on how you, how this team bounces back from 2017.
0: Nick, great stuff. Really enjoyed the article and enjoyed the conversation. We uh, also enjoyed the Doctor Saturday uh, College Football blog on Yahoo Sports. So we appreciate the time.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. You know, I gotta say BYU fans are some of the most passionate and fans, and they love to read us. And so we appreciate all the support and all the all the read we get from BYU because. You all have a very, very passionate fan.
0: (laughs) We are well aware, and if you need anything during the summer, just an an uptick in uh, views on your site, you know which school to write about, right, Nick?
2: Exactly, exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate the time, brother.
2: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: That's Nick Bromberg from Yahoo Sports on the Deseret Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Great stuff. Really good stuff. Like Intriguing conversation given how BYU fits in college football. And and we kind of rediscuss this every year, but it gets an update based on the previous year. BYU's doing what they have to do, he says, in scheduling. Uh, the question is, at what point is – you fill a, a cup up with water with tough opponents. At what point is it full? At what point is, is it just too much and it's just spilling over the edge? That's what I'm kind of getting at. I think one to two fewer power fives would be beneficial because – the The ceiling is is not as high as you want it to be, right? That is super deep, by the way.
1: Coming up, BYU oh, cool. volleyball took care
0: of business at Pepperdine last night. We will talk with head coach Sean Olmstead a little bit later, and we'll show you the play from BYU baseball last night that was number four on Sports Center. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We are also on demand. A special shout-out to Spencer Linton, who tweeted uh, the following at the beginning of the show. There's only one choice for a show when you're at the hospital about to welcome on a new baby. And it's a picture of uh, his wife Brittany and Spencer there. And so uh, good luck to them as they have number one girl in the family. He has two boys, Sailor. Expected uh, today, so good luck to uh, Brittany and I suppose Spencer. Uh, I wonder what Brittany thinks. What what Brittany think? like, <laughs> why'd you take a picture of the back of my head?: or Not even that, just like really? We're going to watch BYU Sports Nation right now. So if you're watching right now, <laughs> Hi. Good, good luck. You can do it, Brittany. You can do it. <laughs> Let's check out some of today's other BYU Sports Nation headlines.: It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines.) I'd say the number one Spencer yes. Linton family having a baby. Yeah. BYU football spring football practice ends tomorrow with scrimmage at Lavelle Edwards Stadium starting at 1 Eastern. Listen to the game live on BYU Radio with coverage starting at noon Eastern time. Go check out the new offense and some of the new quarterbacks. Second-ranked BYU men's volleyball clinches the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation regular
1: season outright title with a sweep over number four Pepperdine, led by eleven aces. Brendan Sander had a team high eleven kills as well.
0: Eleven aces is really good. Sean Olmstead will join us coming up next segment. Should BYU just play their games at sea level? I think like they're a better team. We'll ask Sean about that. They're hosting in Provo. Is that even beneficial? Absolutely, but. From the service line, is it? Baseball beat Santa Clara in game one of the series last night in walk-off fashion on an error 2-1 pitcher Jordan Wood. Eight innings pitched, four hits allowed, no earned runs. My goodness, he was awesome. Due to weather conditions on Saturday, the team will play a doubleheader today to finish the series. Jordan
1: Wood was actually standing right next to me. We were both on the top step of the dugout last night. and Right at the very end, right before the the hit that ultimately ended up winning the game. Uh, and Jordan was like, this is, we're going to win this game right here. Like He was calling it. Not only was he pitching great, he knew exactly what was going to happen. He knows. He man. knows. He's the guy. Absolutely knows. 21st-ranked gymnastics competes in the Salt Lake City NCAA Regional at the Huntsman Center tomorrow at 6 Eastern time. The top two teams advance among BYU, Utah, Auburn, Cal, Southern Utah,
0: and Stanford. BYU Sports Nation karma is a thing that we've discussed for a few years now. We're coming up on five years of the show in September. Um, It was discovered by accident, I think, originally. We had some people on the show. All of a sudden, they were Most of the great things are. Yes. Skyler Halford all of a sudden goes for 28. Jen Hampson almost gets a triple-double. Jamal Williams had 182 yards rushing against Texas. And that was just like 2013. Here we are a few years later. So yesterday, we had Brennan Anderson on... On the show. Mm-hmm. And he's been playing well. And we joked, how much can the karma help a guy who had reached 10 times in a series? Yes. Eight, like, hit a grand slam. And like hits that. a grand slam every yeah, year. Yeah. So what happened yesterday is that in the 8th inning, with one out, it's a tie game. This is a must-sweep series for BYU baseball, okay? A ground ball was hit to shortstop Daniel Schneeman. And a double play that became Center's number 4 on the top 10 plays happened. This is how it looked and sounded last
2: night. This is the number nine hitter, Reyes, came in batting 188, struck out his last time up, so Wood kind of has had his number. Potential double
1: play ball there, Schneeman flips it to Anderson, over to Sue! What a double play
0: turn by BYU to get out of the eighth inning! Schneeman with the ball out of his glove, no hand, barehanded caught by Brendan Anderson, throwing the first to get out of the inning. Number four on Sports Center last night. Nice call, by the way, from Spencer, uh, Linton, and Gary Shidey There. When when uh, when Schneeman came
1: into the dugout, I asked him, like, "All right, do you have like a do you have like a name or anything for that? Like wh- that's that was an unbelievable play. Any, any words to describe that play?" And he's like, he's like really thinking. He's like, "Nah, nah,
0: <laughs> it's <laughs> called nah."
1: <laughs> no, but that's how humble he is. Even after getting what would turn out to be the number four play on Sports Center nah, he, uh, he didn't even want to talk about it. Plus, he also was in the on deck circle, so he had to get yeah, it. Yeah,
0: he was focused.
1: Stop <laughs> so, talking to him before yeah, he it's hits. like, Stop holding me up while yeah. I'm trying to get my helmet exactly. on.
0: Exactly. No, the, the karma <laughs> boost on that was incredible. Um, also, I got to mention Colton Mahoney, former BYU pitcher, now a double A uh, Miami Marlins. He said, I stood up and clapped when I saw it. From the Buffalo Wild Wings here in Jackson, Tennessee. BYU baseball runs <laughs> in the blood. Taylor Cole also, by the way, yes. had a karma boost. He was on the show yesterday. Yeah,
1: pitching last night for the Assault Lake Bees. Two innings pitched, one hit allowed, two strikeouts, zero earned runs. Not bad at all. Karma boost, baby. Absolutely. Coming up, a loaded whip, plus your responses on the reality of expecting a 10-win season for BYU football.
0: And next, Coach Sean Olmstead of Men's Volleyball joins us from Southern California. They won the Outleague, outright league title last night. BYU Sports Nation
1: is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Listen to the BYU football scrimmage tomorrow on BYU Radio,
0: live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Coverage begins at noon Eastern time. Jerem Jordan, Jason Shepard, live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. If you miss the show at noon Eastern, check out the rebroadcast at 6 Eastern on BYU TV and the app. Question of the day Is it realistic to expect a 10-win season in the near future for BYU football? Why or why not? At fan, we are really good at claiming moral victories. I'm sure we can scrape 10 together each year. That's not what we want! (laughs) We want actual victories. Get out of here. Use the hashtag BYUSN on Twitter and Instagram to weigh in, even if. Even even if they're moral victories. Come on. Well, BYU got an actual victory in uh, Malibu last night with the men's volleyball team. The second-ranked BYU Cougars. Swept fourth-ranked Pepperdine to clinch the outright Mountain Pacific Sports Federation Championship. The head coach of the Cougars, Sean Olmstead, now joins us on the Desert First Credit Union hotline from Southern California. First off, Sean, congratulations on winning the MPSF outright.
3: Thank you, thank you. Appreciate it.
0: What was last night like as you played one of the better matches you played all year in probably the biggest match of the year to this point?
3: Yeah, no, it was just that. And uh, the guys right from the start. Um, you know, I think they, they got a, a couple points, uh, off a few aces and, uh, other than that, uh, the team together really didn't look back, you know, the focus and, uh, just really aggressive, tough, uh, exactly like we, yes. uh, have talked to them, uh, about playing and competing. And uh, again, apart from, aside from a few aces, you know, I think the score was three, four, one, and, uh, with Weizorek back serving and, after that, we uh, we just went. The guys played a great match all together.
1: Sean, I've got to imagine that even though you you knew you only needed one out of the final two, you got to feel pretty proud of the guys, especially with the way they came out and dominated to just not waste any time, just taking care of business in the first match and getting it done last night.
3: Yeah, no, no doubt. You know, we we lost a match at home. A week ago, that uh, you know, considering a few of the other outcomes on the weekend that we didn't know at the time, you know, but we kind of let one slip a little, uh, took our, you know, speaking, taking our foot off the gas pedal a little there after the the second set uh, against Concordia, and and they played well, so so I don't want to take away anything anything from them because they stayed in a match where you're down to uh, on the road. But, uh, you know, for our guys to come out tonight or last night, uh, very impressive. And, uh, they, they kind of had it in them. They had it in their eyes and, and from start to finish, it was just a great volleyball match by our, by our team.
0: Men's volleyball coach and former national champion two times over as a BYU player. Sean Olmstead is on BYU Sports Nation. What does clenching the one seed for the MPSF tournament mean to you and this team?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's always, it's always nice to play, to play at home and, uh, be able to be in class as much as we can, sleep in your own bed, just the comforts of home. But uh, most importantly, you know, playing the Smith Fieldhouse in front of our fans, uh, somewhere we're familiar with where we practice every day. So that's uh, that's important and nice, and uh, it's exciting for everybody, for the community, for our fans, uh, you know, for administration. It's just uh, it's nice to host that tournament for sure.
1: It makes things interesting, or or I mean, I guess, and I want to ask you how interesting, with the match against UCLA now, it's obviously a big rivalry. You've won eight in a row, but you don't need the win, but you want to win, I'm sure. So what's the dynamic, and how are you approaching the match against the Bruins?
3: Yeah, you know, honestly, last night we didn't, uh, we did not talk. Not one of our coaches, um, we had Brian there with us in the locker room, uh, Santiago, and and none of us talked about hey conference champions you know this is this is a road trip where we're coming to play pepperdine we took care of that last night and uh i'm sitting inside the poly pavilion right now we're getting ready to practice in the next 10 15 minutes and uh that's how we're approaching this you know this is a wonderful opportunity for us to continue to get better we need those reps uh against one of the top teams and we're on their floor so that's the way we look at it we we again we didn't sit there and take pictures and celebrate we did none of that and it wasn't even spoken of and so we we had curfew last night got to get something to eat and get in bed because we had to travel over here to Pauly and gonna play a good match tomorrow
0: you didn't even mention winning the conference outright so you didn't celebrate at all you're just on the business trip you could
3: yeah yeah (laughs) i'm not one to lie so you (laughs) can't ask any of the guys what was said after Pepperdine, but we didn't mention that at all. You know, we, we, um, I think we mentioned that, hey, we understand what this one means, but most importantly is we get to, uh, go again and in two days against a really, really good UCLA team, uh, that you, you know, it's UCLA, it's BYU. You want to be a part of that match and there's no way that we're going into that match with any other mindset other than to win, compete and, uh, keep getting better as a team. That's, that's what's really important for us.
0: You've been good all over the country, but namely at sea level, especially serving the ball. Obviously, playing at home is advantageous with the crowd and the venue. And BYU's been amazing there. But what it, it, can you host in Southern California? Like, can you take the Smithfield House to LA? <laughs> I don't know. You gotta
3: ask top of to your administration about that one. No, I mean I, I understand what you're saying, and and it, it's true. Our guys, uh, our guys enjoy it. They've they've done a real nice job on the road. Serving, serving everywhere and, uh, and at home. So, most importantly is we get to be, uh, at the Smithfield House, and I think that's really important. And we get to be in our gym. We get to practice. We get to, uh, kind of just keep that schedule. And, uh, it's a, it's fun for the fans, and that's big time, especially for, for the, the volleyball community and Provo that we have, and that's been built over so many years. And so to be able to host the championship there, Uh, it doesn't get to happen that often and so when we can you know we're going to celebrate it and take full advantage of it.
1: Sean what did you uh, what did you think about your uh, your guy Jalen Reyes being named to the ABCA's 30 under 30 list of the top up-and-coming talent?
3: Yeah very well deserved and uh, no surprise at all uh, to those of us that know him and and know how hard he works and, and everything he does he's been a Huge part of uh, my transition from the women's team to the men's team, and uh, I'll forever be grateful for that. He knows that, and um, he's been a huge part of this team. So it's very, very well deserved. Uh, everyone's excited for him, uh, and those kind of things uh, with the program and the success that we've had over time, you know, competitively and and out recruiting. Um, it, it's only a matter of time. You know, you can't hold on to those guys forever. And the administration of BYU has done an outstanding job of doing everything we could to, uh, kind of capitalize when we have great assistant coaches here on board, trying to get as much as we can out of it. Um, and I feel like we've done that and, uh, you know, just excited. It's, uh, really, really excited and exciting move for Jay. And, uh, it's very, very well deserved. No doubt.
0: Reyes heading to the Nebraska women's program, which is a huge opportunity—one of the best programs in the country—and then Lucas Labe headed to uh, USA Women's after the year. So, what's your initial emotion uh, when you found out that both of your assistants, that have been with you for the final uh, or the last three years uh, as the BYU head coach, uh, are are going on to other opportunities after this season?
3: Yeah. No. I mean, again, honestly, just. Very, very excited for both those guys. Both of them, throughout over the years since almost, you know, our first season and and time together, they've both had a handful of opportunities to move on. And uh, again, the administration and and being here at BYU alumni, you know, it's kept them around for a while. And and so that that's been nice that we've been able to hold on to those guys. But both those guys are ready uh, for for that next step. Uh, I've known that there's going to be opportunities, and I knew that the right opportunity, and I think that's what they both did, is wait for really, really, you know, Luca's going to go and be in the Olympic Games and compete for a gold medal, and Jay's going to Nebraska. So we all know about Nebraska and and the resources and the program that they have uh, on the women's side. So I'm very, very excited, and you know, it's tough to lose those guys because I think they do so, so much for our program, but um, you know, we'll get we'll get other coaches in and, and we'll keep this thing moving forward.
0: Sean, we appreciate the time. Uh have a great practice at Poly, and uh we'll be watching tomorrow against fifth ranked UCLA on the Pac twelve network.
3: Okay. Thanks guys. Thanks so much.
0: Thanks, Sean. Sean Olmsted on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Tomorrow, the Cougars play UCLA at 10 Eastern on the Pac-12 Network. The next match after that, April 19th, hosting a semifinal in Provo. The 21st, BYU hosts the final as well, regardless of whether they're in it. And Sean Olmsted lending credence to the idea that it's national championship or bust. They did not even discuss winning the outright conference championship. Look, I
1: love the fact that, They've accomplished what they needed to to this point. But you know what? It's BYU-UCLA. We're going in to win. (laughs) I love
0: that attitude. Let's go. That's the rivalry, too.
1: Coming up, I'm out to take care of some business with BYU football interviews for tomorrow's scrimmage. But Jerem will
0: have the whip. Spencer, in the hospital, you're going to practice? Just leaving me by myself? (laughs) Yep. What's up with this, man? Solo. BYU Sports Nation is brought
1: to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most.
0: Thanks to today's guest, Nick Bromberg of Yahoo Sports and men's volleyball coach Sean Olmstead. If you missed some of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU football spring practice ends tomorrow with a scrimmage at Lavelle Edwards Stadium starting at 1 Eastern. Listen to the game live on BYU Radio with coverage beginning at noon Eastern time. Volleyball. Second ranked BYU men's volleyball clinched the Mountain Pacific Sports Federation regular season outright title, although they didn't talk about it, with a sweep over number four Pepperdine led by 11 team aces, Brendan Sandor, a team high 11 kills. Baseball. The Batcats beat Santa Clara in game one of the series last night in walk off fashion on an error. 2-1. Pitcher Jordan Wood, outstanding. Eight innings, gave up four hits, allowed no earn runs. Due to weather conditions on Saturday, the teams will play a doubleheader today starting at 4 Eastern on BYU Radio. Gymnastics. 21st ranked Gym Cats compete in the Salt Lake City NCAA Regional at the Huntsman Center tomorrow at 6 Eastern. The top two teams advance among BYU, Utah, Auburn, Cal, Southern Utah, and Stanford. Softball Today, the Cougars have a doubleheader versus Santa Clara starting at 5 Eastern. They have moved up uh, the time, so 5 Eastern, the first pitch on the first game of the doubleheader.
1: Cougars and the PGA.
0: Feels weird clapping by myself in here. Uh, Jason Shepard had a bounce, apparently. Uh, something more important than the show, good to know. Mike Weir, 2003 Masters champ, finished round one at the Masters at four over. He's currently tied for 60 seconds, sitting at five over. Ooh, excuse me, through four holes in round two. Adopted Coug, Tony Fino, incredible. Currently tied for ninth. Two, two under through 10 holes in round two. He's two over on the day. Soccer. Ashley Hatch and Team USA beat Mexico 4 1 yesterday. Hatch checked into the game. Second cap. Congrats. 80th minute, subbing in for Alex Morton. Cougars in the Miners. It was opening day for the Cougars in the Miners. Taylor Cole pitched two innings, giving up a hit, striking out two for the Salt Lake Bees in AAA. Brendan Lund, one for four, two runs in an RBI for the AA Mobile Bay Bears. Jacob Hanneman, when they combined one for seven yesterday in A, with two runs and a stolen base for the Iowa Cubs. Tennis. The men's team beat uh, St. Mary's 4-1. The Cougars are now 15-5, play at San Francisco at 3 Eastern time. Today's Rise of Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Ashley Hatch, second cap, congrats for Team USA. And Jordan Wood, eight innings pitched, no earned runs allowed. That was awesome. Awesome. Our question of the day, is it realistic? Yes. Yes, cheer it on. Is it realistic to expect a 10-win season in the near future for BYU football? Why or why not? Our elite tweet of the day, at Grizzfather. Realistic? No. Did we hear the eagle? I couldn't hear it. Possible? Anything is possible. So yes, hashtag wearing the blue goggles and drinking the blue Kool-Aid. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter and Instagram. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Shows on demand on BYUSN.com, audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or the TuneIn app. For Jason Shepard, who's not here, I'm Jerem Jordan, who is here. Shout out to Rick Aguilera. BYU Sports Nation, back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time. Or Monday, rather.